Welcome everyone to the 10th installment of But Make It Hallmark's Christmas special. I'm Chingai. I'm here with my co-host Patty. Hi Patty. Hey Chingai, how are you? I'm good. What's <laughs> up with you? How are you? For those who are interested, right before recording this, we just finished another, yet another, <laughs> rewatch of Christmas Waltz. There's no shame in that. No There's shame. no shame in that. No shame. <laughs> Before we start our podcast, I just want to issue an erratum right now <laughs> because we are on the tenth episode and it's ten lords a leaping. Mm-hmm. We made a mistake in our ninth episode. We said it was nine pipers piping. What is it really? It's nine ladies dancing. But I wouldn't say last week's episode were worth the dance, so I'm gonna stick to and rewrite the song and say it was still Nine Pipers <laughs> Okay, we're, we're getting our 12 days confused. Can you blame us? No. <laughs> anyway, speaking of ladies dancing, I just want to share a Hallmark happy thought. Yes, please. Which may come as no surprise to people listening here, but... I know that it's been a couple of weeks since we watched it, but I'm still being made happy by Christmas Waltz. I mean, we just watched it, right? (laughs) We have been spreading the Christmas Waltz love all over the place, and we've been getting amazing feedback from friends, from newly minted Hallmark fans, (laughs) from longtime Hallmark fans, from friends, from family. They've all loved it. So if you haven't watched Christmas Waltz yet, what are you doing with your life? What indeed. I think you should just like drop what you're doing. Like literally, you're listening to us now. We appreciate it, but pause this, go look for a copy of Christmas Waltz, watch that, come back. Because I'm telling you, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. I'm forever changed. We'll camp. <laughs> we'll camp. Camp! We'll camp! That's <laughs> all I can see. Uh, I guess we gotta go on, you know? we I, As much as we'd love to just discuss Christmas Waltz ad infinitum. And you know what? We could. It is our podcast. Unfortunately, we did watch four new movies this past weekend, and we'll start uh, discussing the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries lineup, Unlocking Christmas, starring Taylor Cole and Steve Land. When a mysterious key and a holiday riddle land on their doorsteps, Kate and Kevin embark on a Christmas adventure they'll never forget, based on the book by New York Times best-selling author Fern Michaels. When two strangers meet, they'll begin a mystery. I'm game if you are. I'm in. Of find and seek. A journey of giving unlocks with this key. Solve, Solve this, this riddle one. and you shall see. Well, this is turning out to be quite a little adventure. Ready? Come this far. I'm not sure how many scavenger hunts we can get in one season, but apparently a lot. Didn't quite work for me. I felt like there were so many other ways wherein Kate and Kevin could meet. He was going to visit the hospital for like whatever his issues were. She's a doctor visiting. Like, hi, there's something there. Her friend, the nurse friend who I loved, I love the nurse friend, Asian nurse friend alert, was planning a Christmas party or like some Christmas events. Dude could help with the Christmas planning. Like there are other tropes you can... I guess, exploit in the situation. And, well, I wasn't really happy with this one. He is a returning son. Of course, he's part of the military, army, navy of some sorts. 
he is there with his parents. His parents have leased out or renting out to this a fully furnished apartment to this visiting doctor. So it's very Christmas doctor in that sense. And, you know, she's also like, oh, I don't have any personal touches. Very Christmas doctor again. And, you know, just trying to do things. I'm just the tropes. We've seen it. And there are other movies this week that do a lot of the cliche tropes. That's why they're tropes. But they do it right. And this one I just felt was like, I couldn't be bothered. If you asked me what were the stops on the scavenger hunt, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. Yeah. Can, can you tell me, Shanghai, what were any of the stops on the scavenger hunt? No, but I could tell you other things. <laughs> Like this, the fact that this was another stupid mystery that would have been better off solved by the Babysitter's Club and not two grown, <laughs> grown people. I mean, we had a rehab doctor and someone from the military, right? The possibilities were endless. Yeah. They could have gone like along the lines of Christmas Bow. Which I love. But they didn't. I know. They did it because they stuck to the book written by the New York Times best-selling author. <laughs> and so this is what we get. I don't remember a lot except that they were they were they were pretty people. I mean, they were nice to look at. Yes. I can't really I can't really say much about chemistry. I mean, there was a lot of banter. It it almost felt like there was too much banter. <laughs> Because, like, I, I don't know, they just kept talking and talking, and I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm sorry that I didn't pay attention. Maybe I'm not sorry. <laughs> I just didn't pay attention. I know. The thing is, they weren't offensive, so that's good. Steven Land yeah. and his flowing locks. I've seen him on Shit's Creek, and I thought he was hilarious there. Taylor Cole, never been a fan, so that didn't really help her case. But, you know, when pretty people get together, we know that's a hallmark trope. You know, pretty people can do anything, and they're both pretty but when they were walking and trying to solve this mystery i honestly tuned out which is i guess i don't know if it's my loss someone tell me if it's my loss but i just i couldn't concentrate on them and i don't know just not for me overall there was just yeah a whole lot of a, lo- a whole lot of nothing and uh, north pole no yeah <laughs> i actually i actually placed it as like teetering on North Pono and like merrily mediocre because I wasn't offended but given that we can do better this was so meh I'm a bit sad uh, the only the only reason it didn't make it North Pono for me is because I actually paid attention when the Asian nurse Elena Huatko came out on camera I kind of wish it was more about her uh, tell me more yeah. about this nurse yeah like pair her with Steven Lund maybe that would be more interesting I don't know I like the Asian nurse. nurse is Marina's best friend yes. in our in our fanfic movie in our fanfic movie Marina and Asian nurse are BFFs and they both get like this is an interracial dating double date I love it I'm already excited that's her holiday mm-hmm. pitch but yeah sorry mm-hmm. sorry to unlocking Christmas from Unlocking Christmas, we move on to the second movies and mysteries offering a Glenbrook Christmas starring Autumn Reeser and Antonio Cupo. Longing to be accepted for herself and not just her wealth, an heiress heads to the small town of Glenbrook where she discovers the joys of a simple Christmas, community, and maybe even love. For once, it might be nice to see if people like me for me, not for what I can do for them. Help you take that? Hi. 
you make a wish on Christmas Eve when the bells ring, your wish will come true. Glenbrook Christmas. I feel that Hallmark is starting something new. I have a feeling next year we're gonna get another Glenbrook Christmas movie. And the next, next year we're gonna get... This is the start of something new, guys. I have to say, I'm not a fan of the sagas. I'm not a fan of the series, but... I am a fan of Autumn Reeser. Yes. I am a newly minted fan of Antonio Cupo plays a firefighter. Whoa. I like Glenbrook Christmases tropes as cliche as they are. You know, this is this is baseline Hallmark. And baseline Hallmark needs to be this good. It yes. needs to it needs to employ um, people who can breathe life into standard plots like we have the poor little rich girl we have dead parents we have the hometown <laughs> hero who has his heart stomped on and everyone in the community is just cheering him on and wants him to get with the stranger in the town so it, it's everything we've seen week upon week upon week but done by actors who can get it right there's one trope here that I, I don't like. I don't like seeing it in movies, but I think they did it well. Then this is the lie. The one where she pretends she's <laughs> someone else and the entire movie, you're just like, can you please tell the truth? And I think they did it well because I was like, you know, I wanted to see her spill the beans and, and confess that, uh, yeah, I'm not a normal person. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> So, so I think the tropes were the tropes were mediocre for me because yeah. they're standard, they're mm-hmm. baseline, but they were done well. No, I agree. Uh, we get firefighters. That's a hallmark trope. But holy shit, this firefighter can start a fire with me anytime. <laughs> My goodness, he was he's very good looking. I remember the messages you were sending me because you watched it before me, and you were like, "Holy shit, this guy isn't photogenic, but he looks great on TV." Like. Moving, breathing. Yes, firefighter. He didn't even have to play up the firefighter thing. He just, like, the bearing and, like, walking in. And he had that dry humor, like, very nice. And, you know, of course, poor little rich girls. Like, we always love that trope. But Autumn Racer does it in a way where you don't detest her for it. Like, she brings humanity to it. So for all the tropes, you're right. At a, at a baseline, this is how Hallmark should be approaching their, you know, their cliches. It can't just be a cliche that we've seen before over and over again. It has to be a fucking Autumn Reeser, goddess of Hallmark level of acting and just carrying this movie and, you know, some added fire from Antonio Cupo because damn, they look good. They look good. She's so lovable and he has the most intense gaze. Like he could look <laughs> at you and then and then you just combust because <laughs> of the intensity right there. I like how he starts out like really like Mr. Darcy-ish mm-hmm. like he's like kind of mean <laughs> he doesn't like her in the beginning but then it's pretty instant the way he just flips the switch and you know what I like like when he starts warming up to her and he visits her home and then he leaves he checks up on her when he goes into the car and then he starts texting her and then he's like confused about which emoji to use we like that we like we like seeing an attractive man be vulnerable that way Mm. (laughs) with his emojis (laughs) his gaze is like it's a fucking adoring gaze and of course autumn racer deserves this like the gaze he you know bestows upon her in the beginning he did have the darcy vibes and what does that say about us wanting someone doesn't want us but you know like 
he pulled it off so well and the switch between like the whiplash you get from him not liking her to him liking her you get it you get it and you get how he kind of got there really quickly and I just love how it's just blatantly like outright he liked her inviting her to that dinner where he made quote-unquote normal food in the you know fire station adjacent restaurant the Christmas tree lot very cute and just like you can't help but root for someone that's just so upfront and so blatantly into her. Like, how can you deny this? therapy, but make it home. <laughs> we, we see the knowing looks everywhere, knowing looks DM, where everyone just knows something's going yeah. on between the two of them. Usually, I'm against that, but here, I don't mind, because, like, I'm I'm shooting them a knowing look. Like, mm. I can see what's going on. I, I love the authentic conversations. I think it's kind of like a roll-eyes moment when he talks about his story, like, as a lost child and he heard the bells ringing and and then and then he's led home i thought that was a realized moment but then at the same time like the cynic in me just like she shut up because they're just nice to look at (laughs) and their and their chemistry is pretty good so warm by the fire for me yeah for their mistletoe moments I mean, overall, Chingai, it's really just warm by the fire for me. I'd like to report a fire, sir. The one in his <laughs> eyes. Honestly, I wouldn't want him to put out that flame. This is tropes done right. We've seen this all before, and yet we haven't, because Autumn and Antonio really, really elevate that poor little rich girl, please love me for who I am, line that we've seen before, and they make it work. This is how you do cookie cutter. There's no going back now, Hallmark. There's no going back. Do not insult your audience, an example, us, by insulting our intelligence and giving us anything less than this, because this is now your new baseline. That's it. That's it. The bar has been set. The gauntlet has been thrown. Glenbrook Christmas is the baseline. <laughs> I don't know how much of a compliment that is, but <laughs> it's a compliment just the same. <laughs> it's a compliment. It's a compliment. You know what? I'm not trying to throw shade, but some actors whom I adore from, and you guys know who it is, but I won't name him, didn't have the best Hallmark movie at the start of the season. He hasn't been really given a great Hallmark Christmas movie, which surprises me. So what I'm saying is that for someone of Autumn's caliber, could this have been explosive? Of course. But what they gave us is, you know, what we got. And I'm honestly, it was a good one this week. It's, it's, like, it's like a Swiss Miss hot cocoa movie, you know? It'll do. It'll do. It'll do. Hit, hit yeah. the spot it's just right. It's not the best, but it'll do. <laughs> it'll do. It'll do. <laughs> And when we're back, uh, we'll go and discuss the next two movies from Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas. So, see you then. And we're back to But Make It Hallmark. We're on our 10th episode of our 12 Days of Christmas special. I can't believe we have one more episode of movies to discuss until we do our recap so let's i guess jump right into it our first movie from hallmark channels christmas countdown to christmas movies would be well christmas comes twice christmas comes twice stars tamara maori housley michael savior and cheryl lee ralph cheryl jenkins is an astrophysicist who works for the national science foundation reviewing grant applications for projects, although she'd prefer to be working on a project of her own. Cheryl heads home to spend the holiday with her family, and first on the agenda is a visit to the animal Christmas carnival with her sister Trish. 
While there, Cheryl sees a carousel in the distance and ventures over to take her ride. But when the revolutions wind down and she returns to the carnival to find her sister, Cheryl discovers that somehow it's five years earlier. Dissatisfied with where she is in life, Cheryl sees this as a chance to change her path by making different choices. You're an astronomer? I used to be. Sometimes I wonder what would have happened if I didn't change careers. I wish I can live that week over again. What if you were gifted a second chance? Miss Nelson, I think I'm back in time. To change your life. If you do not want to have regrets, then you have got to seize the day. What do you want to have in your life? Figure that out. You'll know where you want to end up. Where to Christmas begin with twice. Christmas comes twice. Funny that it, this is Christmas Comes Twice when we've literally done the intro like three times now, but you guys will hear one version of it because unfortunately I'm going to edit all that out. Another seasonal trope that we've seen thus far in the season is the uh, time travel trope. Obviously, they, that has already been perfected by A Timeless Christmas uh, earlier in the season with Ryan Pavey and Aaron Cahill. And honestly, do you even risk comparing yourself to that perfection of a movie? No, you shouldn't. Well, they tried and unfortunately, for me, they failed. No, it's just the North will know for me. Sorry, I don't have much to say. Yeah, me either. I mean, there's a time-traveling scientist, and then she goes back in time, and then <laughs> there's a guy, and there's another guy, and there's a teacher, and that's it. I sent Patty a photo of my ceiling, because that's all I was looking at when I watched this movie. I have nothing to say except that it's a North Pole no. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, even their mistletoe moment. Like, okay, he's a good-looking guy. I'll give him that. Yeah, he is. Give me some... He is. Give me some Alvina August. Or the actress from, like, My Best Friend's Bouquet. Those girls, like, give make me want to, you know, give me some shoulder action. Make me want to look. I have a suggestion. Yes. If they redo this movie with Miss Kat Reynolds, <gasps> I would watch it. Oh my gosh, she's fabulous. Yes. You know yes. what, Miss Cat Reynolds? And you know, they can also recap, although this is a good-looking guy, you know who I think they should pair with her? So you know that I was still paying attention in this part of the movie when she first arrives in, you know, back in time. She opens the door to her, her old house or her, her current house, and it is a very hot neighbor that opens the door. Oh, yeah? We never hear, <laughs> yeah, we never hear from him again, but I want a redo of this movie with Miss Cat Reynolds and that dude, that dude who opened the door, yes. Please. If you guys don't know who Miss Cat Reynolds is, she's she plays Lacey Chabert's best friend in Christmas Waltz. Cause I just had to mention it again. Christmas Waltz. Yeah, and <laughs> she's also in Godwin Christmas. So she's 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 starred in a couple of uh, movies this season. And so you know what? What's one more? Give her give her this. Get that hot neighbor. We're good. It felt very platonic to me. Their quote unquote chemistry for someone who's been pining for five years supposedly. It just. I don't think they did the time travel well. I don't think they did the romance well. I just didn't care. The guy was cute. The neighbor was hot. Tell me more about him. Tell me more about Miss Cat Reynolds in this role. <laughs> this felt like a time travel for time travel's sake. This felt like a movie that was could have done better if they tried more, had different stars. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't it's say just much without getting angry. There um, you really can't say much about a time travel movie after you've seen Ryan Pavey and Aaron Cahill. That's just it. I mean, this this had the misfortune of being shown after that after that movie. So we already also had Nashville Christmas Carol, which you understood more the time travel aspect of it because again, it's retelling and all that. But this one was five years earlier, and what 
nothing. There were no markers in time apart from the fact that like her neighbor was there or whatever that you could tell that time had gone back. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't wanna. I feel I, I feel a little sorry time. for um, Hallmark fans in STEM, like in science, and because yeah. they because they deserve a, you know I mean the, the writers, the firefighters, they get so many movies, and I feel like there's not enough STEM jobs in the Hallmark cinematic universe, and they definitely deserve better. <laughs> So, okay, another cute guy apart from the neighbor. So we can even make it like a double date between neighbor and Miss Cat Reynolds and hot guy named Terrence, who I think was like the guy he, she went out he's with. He's the guy she, she wanted to go out with. Exactly. He was council. also, yeah, he was also in like Never Kiss a Man in Christmas Sweater as like a friend. The brother? Or oh, the friend. brother. Uh-huh. Friend or brother of Niall Mater. So he's cute. Pair him with the sister and we now we're talking. <sighs> anyway, lost opportunities, but here we are anyway. Overall, obviously for me, this is just a North Wolno. I've wasted enough saliva on it. It's not a good sign when you're reviewing a movie and you're talking about other movies. And so, <laughs> with that in mind, let's move on to another movie from Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas, Love Lights and Hanukkah, starring Mia Kirshner and Ben Savage. As Christina prepares her restaurant for Christmas, a DNA test reveals that she's Jewish. The discovery leads her to a new family and a new unlikely romance over eight crazy nights. I get the results of my DNA test this week. I am 50% Jewish. We just need to figure out the connection. I was adopted. I'm your biological mother. Wow. Wow. There's something so endearing about her. Depends on the family. I think I found the right family. So Hallmark dared to do another Jewish movie after the insanely wonderful hit Double Holiday from last year. And yeah, so I was a little nervous about this because Double Holiday was great. I mean, who's gonna top Christopher Palaha? And Patty, I remember you texted me this when we watched me we when we watched this movie and you are absolutely right. They went with the anti-Palaha. They went with Ben Savage. Instead of going for, like, tall, handsome, whatever. not that Ben Savage isn't bad-looking, but they, they went with uh, the friendly, chatty, conversational, neighborly guy. And you know what? Ben Savage was super charming in this movie. So The good. trope was familiar because we have this girl who gets introduced to the the whole shebang of Hanukkah. But it, they did it a little different. Yes, she's an orphan. Yes, she's adopted. But then they did a 23andMe angle here. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. And so she finds out what her lineage is and then realizes that she's half Jewish and then meets her relatives through the site and then begins to unravel her genetics and who her mother is. So there was a lot of like fun, 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 and then you got slammed with a dramatic moment that I did not see coming. Mm. I, I'm probably in the minority here because like obviously this was going to happen. She was going to find out who her mom was, right? But I did not know, and I teared up, okay? So this one hit me in the heart, not just because of the great chemistry between Mia and Ben, but because of the family setting. The siblings were great. I love the chef trope. Because you get a lot of cooking, you get the latkes, you get the latka puns, which I loved, but then you also get the Italian food. 
And mm-hmm. that just feels so celebratory, so holiday. Yes, the traditions, dreidels, recipes. It makes me want to celebrate Hanukkah. There are no Jews in the Philippines. <laughs> there are hardly any. But sign me up. I want to go to the Festival of Lights. Sure. Okay, I- I've said enough. How are you, Fatty? So my, my little sister, who lives in New York, is dating a Jewish guy. And any piece of Jewish content I can find, I send their way. So I have sent them Double Holiday, and I've forced them to watch it. I don't think they have. I need to bully them more into doing it. And then this year, obviously, I was super-duper nervous, just like you, because how do you out palaha palaha? You don't. You go another way, and you go the Ben Savage route. And who knew that Ben Savage would join the echelons of these Hallmark hunks? Because he is your everyday lovable, adorable, nice guy. And nice guys win. And this movie won. It had a freaking adoption surprise. We've got mom reveals. We've got dad reveals. We've got like Greek love affairs in like the 70s. It could have, this could have gone so wrong. <laughs> but they handled it with just enough seriousness because it is a serious topic. But also enough levity that you're not fucking crying your way through the movie. I did cry though. But in a good way. Like, great handling. And I'm so proud of Hallmark for really, like, sticking their guns to providing Hanukkah content. Because, obviously, there is a big majority of the, like, target audience that does celebrate. And I'm learning so much more. And I like learning a lot more about it. Because, again, my sister's dating someone Jewish. You gotta know these things. So, you know, it, it, it's great. I, I really enjoyed all their tropes. The big family. The family felt real. The sister. The brother. Really good. Really good. It's, it's a very hearty movie. That dad angle, I did not, also did not see coming. And <laughs> I cried again when that came up. Uh, that, was, that was great. I, I like how much David, uh, played by Ben Savage, cares for her. Mm. Even in the beginning. So he's a food critic, which I also love. He's a food critic who's writing a book. And I like how he kind of slammed her restaurant, said it, her lasagna was predictable. But then they meet in person, and he's this caring guy who asks her, are you okay to drive? You know that one simple mm. question? Mm-hmm. Mm. Means a lot. And then, Means he a has a lot of good lines here. Okay, yes! I wrote them all. Number two, pretense has never been my strong suit. And then, number three, I like that our futures overlap. Yes. Oh he is a writer after all, so I guess, yeah, he does He does the lines pretty well. They were fighting in the beginning, but they didn't overplay it. I like the seamless, seamless transition from being cat and dog to suddenly walking arm in arm. And then there's mm-hmm. a blackout. Of course, there's a blackout. And then suddenly, they're holding hands and, and like they're calling it out. Like, is this an excuse for you to, you know, hold my hand? Hold and, my hand. Line number four, I want you to know who I am. <laughs> Don't we all mess up? <laughs> Therapy, Don't but make it calmer. <laughs> so there, were, there, were, there was a lot of typical conflict here, but done in an excellent way. And I like the resolution here where the resolution was that she could travel to Italy with him. Mm. Faffing. So there's none of that none of that faffing around over like who's gonna leave, who's gonna stay, where are we gonna go, what's gonna happen. You know, it's simple. Go to Italy. Yes. Exactly. Yes, I'll go to Italy. I'll, yeah. I'll cut my, my travels short. Yes. The family already loves you. Great. Like I like like Chingai, I did write the lines down too, because my favorite one of those four is pretense was never my strong suit. And for someone who 
hates fucking pretense. Like, it's just so nice to be upfront, guys. Just just say it. If you want to see someone, tell them you want to see them. No need to make excuses to make to see each other. He was just so sincere. The lines bordered on cheesy, I'll admit. But the way he delivered them, it was just so what? Can you blame a guy for feeling this way? I love it. I love it so much. The way these two are not necessarily... The if you were to objectively line up all the stars of Hallmark, I wouldn't say they're on the uh, extreme right of uh, like hotness. Let me just put it that way. But you're rooting for them because everyone deserves love. And it was just like they they found each other in this crazy adoption story. And like, you know, finding like cats and dogs, anyone can find love. So it's so hopeful. It was so nice. Warm by the fucking fire. Great lines. Great chemistry. I love it. We've seen movies where we get Barbie and Ken. And those movies did not do anything for us. So give us real. Give us sincere. Yes, give us cheesy. But make it Ben Savage cheesy. And we're we're gonna buy it. Yes, this movie was comforting, it was inclusive, it was delicious, it was smart. The Jewish movies kicked a lot of the other ones in the butt. Yes. I have to say. Yeah. Therefore, let's do more Jewish movies, more Hanukkah. Hey, Kwanzaa, like, come on, they're so different. Yeah. Diwali, (laughs) I know, give us the Indians, give us every... You know what, we start so early of the countdown to Christmas anyway, it's practically Diwali. So you might as well just celebrate (laughs) Diwali as your opening, the countdown to Christmas. For Halloween, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Hanukkah has been a two for two for me, considering Hallmark could have gone wrong by trying to out Palaha Palaha, like I said. But they can't, so they really went the opposite way with Ben Savage. And welcome to the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. Who knew you would be a Hallmark hunk? But this is 2020, you know, like we're redefining tropes and, you know, waiting for vaccines. So here's what we've got. He liked her. He told her. They made it work. The end. Everybody's fucking happy. I didn't feel like I wasted two hours of my life. I didn't want it to end. I want to see the sequel where they go to freaking Italy now and they meet her father. Like this is a travel movie for Valentine's. Get on it, Homer. Get on. Thank you, love lights and Hanukkah. You are a showstopper. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, clearly, if it isn't clear to you yet, this week we recommend, highly recommend that you guys check out Love Lights Hanukkah. Exclamation point. Uh, Because it (laughs) did save this week. And if you have more than two hours, check out Glenbrook Christmas because it's tropes done right. But yeah, wow. We're on the last four movies of the year next week. I can't believe we've got four movies left. I can't believe it. We've made it this far. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the past 10 episodes. We hope you leapt for joy with the uh, movies. Well, the two movies that kind of, you know, made made it worth it. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends to subscribe. Spread the love. Spread the Christmas waltz love. And follow us on our socials at Make It Hallmark on Twitter and at But Make It Hallmark on Instagram. We really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks guys. for thanks for everything. Thanks, Patty. We have one more week to go. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.